1: The school of too hot. I'm a robber. Ask you don't want to what? Ask with me. With me. Siegro, Siegro, Siegro. Hold up, I don't want to ask you a question, real quick. Let's just keep a real straight shot with no chaser. I'm gonna get a little bit rough. Here. I'm here for it. Those who really believe in the American process. All of us. Straight shot, no chaser. With your girl Tesla Figaro on the Black Effect Podcast Network. What's happening, everybody? This is Tesla Figaro, the host of Straight Shot No Chaser, here to record a special episode. Sponsored by the George Floyd Foundation, wonderful organization that is doing the work to reach out to incarcerated individuals. How can we train? How can we motivate? How can we inspire? That is what this six part series is all about. Please make sure that you listen to this, share it with a friend and also make sure that you follow the additional five episodes that we will be recording right here at Straight Shadow no Chaser on the Black Effect Podcast Network with your host, Tesla Figaro. I want to get straight to it with my first guest. This man goes by the name of Lewis Reed. And before I get into his accolades, I I want to be crystal clear that this is someone uh, that has really been an example that I point to. Not because of what he's doing now, but because of his story and where he comes from and living in his truth and being impactful and running the distance and being all of the things that they said he could not be and believing in you who are listening to this and the things that you can be. His name is Lewis Reed. He's a senior director of membership and partnerships for Reform Alliance. He brings to Reform Alliance years of experience and government, criminal justice expertise. Policy, advocacy, public health and personal impact, serving nearly 14 years in federal prison and several years on supervision. Definitely look at his website if you have an opportunity, uh, which is Lewis Reed. Read his full background. But I want to get straight into the conversation. Lewis and I, I met him years ago when we were working on uh, the First Step Act, a policy that was about giving people uh, opportunities while uh, serving time, giving people opportunities when they're released in order to reduce recidivism, which this series is all about that. It's all about reducing recidivism, giving people opportunities and giving them a path forward. This conversation is really focused on from prison to purpose. And so, Lewis, I just want you to start out by telling the good folks. Number one, thank you again for being here, telling them a little bit about your story.
2: Well, look, man, Teslin, it's always great to be on with you. And I know that you talked about our lives intersecting um, at the point of the the First Step Act. And I think that modestly uh, you talk me more up than than you talk um, yourself up. Uh, We wouldn't have been able to not only communicate to black and brown, uh, the black and brown community in particular, um, how instrumental and how relevant that bill was going to be for baby mamas. That was waiting for their baby daddies to come home from mothers that was waiting for their children their sons and daughters to come home um for black folks 91 percent ultimately um of which who had been impacted by the crack cocaine provision of the first step act um and to date we not me but we got more than uh 20, 000 people released as a result of that bill a bill that nobody said uh, would be able to get over the finish line because it was Tethered to the uh, Trump administration, so I just wanted to publicly thank you um, for your contribution. Thank you for the, your value add to that. And it had it not been um, for um, it just 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 you being a part of that. Uh, we wouldn't have been able to get um, that bill over the finish line. So I just wanted to first and foremost lead my comments with that. Um, with that having been said, though, yes, my name is Lewis L. Reed. Um, I'm the Senior Director of Memberships and Partnerships for the Reform Alliance. The Reform Alliance is a nonprofit, bipartisan uh, criminal justice reform organization specifically focused on probation and parole, co-founded by some people that are listening the audience may um, have heard of at some point in time uh, in their life, a guy by the name of Jay-Z. Uh, another guy by the name of Meek,
1: just know. a guy by the name yeah, of Jay-Z. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Be married to <laughs> just him. the greatest who ever did yeah yeah the greatest <laughs> ever right um uh you know another guy by the name of uh, bob Kraft who owns the um uh, championship winning uh, new-, new england patriots another guy by the name of robert f smith who's a black billionaire um, another guy who uh, is our founding CEO and who is now on our board. His name is Van Jones. Uh, and so, you know, we're just trying to create a springboard for opportunity rather than perpetuating this trapdoor to success for people who are impacted by the criminal legal system, specifically who are under probation. Um, what, how, do, how, how am I impacted by that? What does that have to do with me? Well, my background story is such that I grew up in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Bridgeport is the largest city in Connecticut. Bridgeport is the West Side of Chicago equivalent, uh, the Compton equivalent to, to L.A. The uh, you know just in, indicative of any hood that you can think of. Uh, I know that when we think about uh, Connecticut, we think about grassy plains, <laughs> white picket fences, manicured lawns. Um, but I grew up in the crack um, the nineties crack cocaine era. Both of my parents were incarcerated when I was approximately five years old. Um, they did federal prison time. I myself was shot. In my chest when I was 14 years old, so I had to relearn how to walk. Um, I myself was incarcerated when I was uh, approximately 22, 23 years old. And like you talked about, I served 14 years in federal prison. Um, and then after I came home, when I tried to reset my career, um, I got a job ultimately to work in the mayor's office as the first reentry director for the largest city in Connecticut. I was in that position for about two years, and then I'm rearrested in part for child support arrears that accrued while I was incarcerated. And so the full gamut of everything that you can imagine from having bust my gun, from having sold a whole bunch of drugs, uh, more than a little bit, um, from having tried to you know, re recalibrate my career after I came home, I've experienced it all. Um, and I'm just happy to lean into this conversation with you.
1: So- Someone listening right now, because, uh, again, just to remind the listeners, a lot of my regular uh, Straight Shot No Chaser listeners will hear this. But I want to remind everybody that this is actually going to people in the prison system. Over 500,000 folks will be hearing this. And so we'll be speaking directly to them in this conversation. Most people, Lewis, can't just come home and get a job at the mayor's office. Uh, most people are shunned from society uh, they're lucky if they get a job, even an interview to even get past the interview or to get that opportunity. That's a major jump. Realistically, because I know somebody's listening and saying, well, I don't you know, how did he do that? And yeah, is that something mind. I can yeah, do? Right, or, right. Yeah. So, so explain since that's not necessarily the first step, you know, pun intended with the first step back. <laughs> the first step, you know, having an opportunity to go in government. If you want to share how that opportunity, how you made that opportunity. Great. But if not. What is their first step, literally, of, of the anxieties you had to deal with coming home, the challenges you had to deal with coming home? How do you know, okay, I'm going to use what I've been through for a purpose. Most people just want to come home and yeah. get a paycheck, yeah. get a place to stay. Right. How did that jump? How did you jump from, from that? I mean, most
2: that? people want to come home and get off their mama's couch, right? Most people want to come home and, 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 and learn how to, and, and just get an identification card. Um, so let me talk to you a little bit just about what my journey was like when I was incarcerated. Um, without question, I hear those fears. I hear those concerns. That is without compunction. Right. One three nine five nine zero one four. That's my federal registration number. I remember my federal registration number m- more than I remember my own Social Security number. Sometimes I got to say, what's my Social Security number? But if you ask me what my federal registration number I, remember, I is, I remember that. Reason being is because when you are incarcerated, you are conditioned. To not believe in yourself, everything around you points to that you are never going to be, never going to produce, never going to succeed. You are always going to be a number. I, look, I remember one time I was walking through the the the, uh, the shack, and if you are, if you, if those of you who are listening in federal prison, you you can probably appreciate this. Uh, I'm, I'm going from the unit and I'm going into uh recreation and, I, and there's a guard check that you have to basically walk through where there's metal detectors and stuff. Right. And it was always in every institution. There's this, there's always that one officer. And I remember this one officer who you, he and I, you know, basically always had like some banter and I was the last person going through the shack and he said, Hey Reed. Um, and I said, what's up? He said, uh, he said, I just wanted to thank you. I said, thank me for what? He said, hey, uh, he said, hey uh, this, 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 this morning, I just closed on a boat. And I said, what you thanking me for? He said, that's courtesy of you. You and all your homies. You in, you in a Connecticut car, right? And I walked past them and I brushed it off. But when I got to the track and I start thinking about it, I'm like, hold up. This guy has a son who works here in this institution. This guy also has a nephew who works here in this institution. That's job security. That's generational wealth so to speak off off of off of so-called inmate labor off of me being incarcerated. And it was those moments that really just radically transformed how I was going to be showing up. So while I was incarcerated I literally studied what everybody else was 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 in the gym throwing on baby oil uh, lifting all of the weights, you know, to, to, to send home, uh, to send pictures home, right? You know, I would walk counterclockwise on 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 the track. And those of you who are incarcerated, you can appreciate this, right? When you in, in incarcerated, everything is routine. Everything is, you know, a rigor remote, so to speak, right? And when everybody else will walk the track uh, clockwise, I will walk counterclockwise. And one day I was walking the track and I had a conversation with John Gotti. John Gotti Jr. I should say. He walked up to me and they, they, my street name is Canali. He was like, hey, Canale, let me talk to you for a second. I was like, what's up? He was like, man, every, how come every time I see you, you always walk in the track counterclockwise? And I said, I'm, I'm training myself. He said, training yourself how? And I began to tell him, I said, look, John, you are going back home to resources and power, even though you're going back home with a felony conviction. I don't have that luxury. Number one, because I'm black. Number two, because I'm a black man with a, uh, with a felony conviction. And number three, I'm a black man with a federal felony conviction. So there's already three strikes against me, so to speak. Right. So I'm conditioning myself. When I, you see me walking this track figuratively, I am, I'm, I'm conditioning myself. I'm reconditioning myself. I should say, right. On how I have to go against the grain when I'm outside in society. Mm -hmm. And so from that point on in that conversation, I began to develop relationships with people that was outside my norm. I wasn't hanging with my mans in them every day. I intentionally sought out relationships with people who I had um, a a degree of admiration for, not for criminal enterprising, right? But just their genius, how they thought. I began to have conversations with Bernie Madoff's co-defendants. One one of one one guy who I developed a, a, a very strong relationship with. He told me one day. He said, "Hey, he said, hey Lou. He said, you know something. He said, you know where your people go wrong. And typically, I would have been offended as a black man, right? When you start talking about you your, your your people, yeah. right? Right? I want I would I wanted I would have wanted to park his car, but I listened and I said, tell me. He said, when you guys get something, it's always about you. In essence, he was saying it's always about the me and not the we." He said, when you look at Jewish businesses, we're always thinking generationally. I said, tell me more. He said, think about it. He said, when you look at a Jewish business, he said, you'll see floor chimes and sun. You'll see, you'll see a silver steam and family because generationally we're thinking about how we're going to be passing this business down and we're going to be growing people up to inherit what it is that we have. And it was those conversations that radically just Tesla. it just changed my perspective. And so the for the people who are listening to this, right? I know that it's cool to kick it with the homies. I know that it's cool to, to reminisce and talk about, you know, who's doing what still out there in the street, so on and so forth. But if you are going to literally rise above the odds, even if it's, even if it's two degrees higher than where you currently are, I'm gonna give you. What I call the, the the keys to success. Number one, you got to diversify your relationships. You have to diversify your relationships. I know it's going to be challenging when you get in, but you can discipline yourself. Look, the institution is doing its job right now. They are conditioning you to be an inmate. They are conditioning you to be a convict. They are conditioning you to not go higher than the things that got you in. You gotta recondition, you gotta recondition yourself. Even if intellectually you are, even if physically you can't go go walk counterclockwise, right? If you can't go to the track and walk counterclockwise, but intellectually and mentally, you gotta walk counterclockwise. You gotta do it. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is that in diversifying your relationships, you have to be able to look for one of four types of people that are going to be in your life. Number one, you heard me talk about John Gotti and you heard me talk about uh, 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 Bernie Madoff's co-defendants. I look at those people as achievers. Achievers are people who have done things better than you've done. I don't mean professionally, sometimes personally. Some, Some people are better fathers to their children than how we've shown up. Some people are better sons to their parents than how we showed up, right? Or, 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 or better children because they're probably women who are listening to this as well, right? You have to look for somebody who's done something better than you've done it and you have to aspire to that. That's, that's, that's A, point A. Point B, you got to look for believers. When you get home, you have to look for people who believe in your potential. Whether it, it could be an auntie, it could be your, your, your children. You gotta, you gotta just be able to glean. Some, something from somebody who's going to believe in your potential. Baby, look, you can do it. When I went home, I gave you the fast track of how I got to the mayor's office. When I went home, I went on approximately 40, 40 to 50 interviews before I landed my first job as a, as a case manager in human services. During that time, I was working at a car wash. Today I'm working for Jay Z. This happened in a uh, in a period of time of approximately five to six years, right? So you have to have believers. the the, the third The third point that I want to make is that you have to have achievers, you have to have believers, and you also have to have conceivers—people who are going to challenge your notion about what it is that you're trying to do right? So, for instance, if I'm coming home and Teslin is my boo or Teslin is my sister, or Teslin is in my circle, and I'm like, hey, Taz, look, man, you know, I'm trying to go out here and be a rapper. Teslin is going to challenge me in that notion. <laughs> <Better> <laughs> Teslin, believe <it. laughs> Teslin is going to say, hold up, time out, time out. Lewis, I understand that you probably have a love for music, and I understand that you probably have a, a, a talent for this, but do you think that you are going to be as successful as you want to be considering the market competition. That's what an achiever is. um, That's what a conceiver is going to do. They're going to look at things differently and they're going to challenge you on it. You have to have an accountability partner. You have to have a responsibility partner. And last but not... Now, okay,
1: before you go to the last one, because you are on an excellent flow, but I I do want to pause right there. Explain the difference between I'm so glad you brought that up. I love the concept, by the way, the difference between knowing the difference between someone that is challenging you and still believes in you versus a hater who is just saying you can't do it. You can't do it because a lot of the people may not know the difference between if I'm challenging, hey, have you thought about these things? Have you looked at this? Oh, you're just hating. You don't believe in me. Right. I can see how those two things become very muddied. And knowing the difference, do you, before you get to the last thing, can you give some a, some yeah. tips on how to distinguish yeah. the believer versus the conceiver versus a hater <laughs> versus, no, I just want you to be successful. I believe in you, but I want you to push for excellence, but I want to give you an objective
2: thought to consider. That's 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 a great question. And I never had even been asked that question. Look, let me tell you something, right? Number one, we've been, again, at conditioning. Everything around us tells us that we can't. So automatically we're going to be uh, emotionally defensive. With people, when we share our, our dreams, when we share our ideas with people, right? And we are expecting someone to say, you can't do this or you won't be able to listen. My grandmama used to say, don't listen to what people say. Listen to what they're not saying, right? Look, there are, there are skills that we have that are transferable in life that we had in the street. Um, that, 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 that helped us survive, right? Listen to your spider senses. You know, when somebody's hating on you, right? It's the tone that they say it in. It's the, it's the words that they use. It's the, it's, 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 it's how abrasive it comes across. Your spirit picks up on that stuff. And you also know when someone is saying, Hey baby, look, I, I, I hear you, but let's adjust our expectations, right? Maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's a goal that might be within the first year or two of you getting home. But for the first six months, what does it look like for you to be home? right? Let's work on your your credit score. Let's establish some credit. Let's get you a secure credit card so that A, you can build your credit up so that you can buy that house within the first three years of you being home, not necessarily in the first six months. So the person who's going to be supportive of you, they are going to not tell you that you can't do it. They're going to tell you how you can do it in a way that's going to be realistic to your expectations. The hater is just going to hate oh, that never worked, that's never gonna happen. I don't think that you can do that. Um, and how are you gonna do that when you got blah, blah, blah? You gotta listen to your heart, man. You gotta listen to your spirit.
0: If you're looking for the most epic place on earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then, trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, Keep going because with intelligent four x four and seven drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent four x four cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions.
3: State Farm insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future
1: It's so interesting you said that listen to your heart, listen to your spirit, because one of the things that we're covering is spiritual healing. And a lot of people's heart is still black, Lewis. A lot of people's heart is still broken. And I'm saying this by doing time with someone and coming home and being those things that you're talking about. It requires uh you to be open to hearing advice. Uh, It requires a lot of healing as well, because if I'm telling if something, if you're saying, Listen to your heart and their heart has been black and cold and their heart no longer functions. That's like saying, hey, you know, people's heart functions at different rates, depending on if their arteries are clogged, depending on what they ate, depending on how they live. And so our heart is a is a literally uh, it is it is it functions based on what's in it. So when I say, you know, how and I'm saying this for people who are listening and also how to help people who to support you to give them tools, what I had to learn on how to communicate with you. Because you mentioned something and you said, oh, it could be their tone. And it just reminds me going back, you know, to which one of the guys we'll be interviewing here who did 15 years, about the same amount of time that you did. And he said, well, it's the tone, it's the way you said it. And what I found out is, particularly with his background, being in gangs and very aggressive all through life, any tone you give him is a problem with the tone. <laughs> any tone, like it doesn't matter <laughs> the way my voice, oh, it's your tone, it's your tone. and we, And only because I knew him my entire life since I was 15, because of what he invested in me and giving me an opportunity to do what even my daddy couldn't help me do, there was a sense of loyalty that I had for him. It was not because he was my baby's daddy, because he's not. It's not because he was my husband, because he's not. It's not because he was my boyfriend, because he was not. It was because of how he blessed me. So I had the patience as a support system to learn. So for those who are listening and why in this series, we're going to get into and I love and I do want you to finish your last point. I'm just trying to point on a couple of things on the support system because I had to learn how to say, OK, honey, let's try it this way. Timing, how I approach things, how I said things. It was very delicate dealing with someone that it did 15 years and the patience has to be there. It really, really does. And so as you're talking about surrounding yourselves with these people, those people definitely have to know what they're getting into as well, yeah. because I will tell you. That what I experienced with him, I don't know if I would have ever been that patient. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have. Um, Lewis, I'm just being honest. Yeah. The amount of patience that is required while somebody is trying to heal, believe, conceive, all of the stuff that you mentioned is a motherfucker. I mean, we, this is a, <laughs> I mean, straight up, we, this is straight yeah. shot, no chaser. Yeah. It is. And, and in order, I remember when I went to see him one time in prison and I was, I was so excited because we had redesigned his book uh, cover. And I wanted to surprise him and it was sent to him in advance and he he just went off. I want to make sure that I know and I'm in control and don't make something. Don't try to surprise me. And I was like, what the hell is it? So here I'm trying to help and you're fighting against the grain. Mm-hmm. So when you're saying go against the grain, I'm hoping we're encouraging people that are listening. Everybody ain't the grain. right? right. Everybody's not. I'm walking with you on the track. If you're walking counterclockwise, I'm walking with you. That's right. If you walk any other way, I'm walking with you. Know who's walking with you because what I have seen is pushing off good support systems. And that's why I wanted to chime in on that because when they say, oh, listen to your heart, you'll know. Sometimes, brothers, you don't know because your heart has not been healed. So I think a lot of what you're speaking from is from a place of healing because you started healing yourself through the process, where everybody else, if you're not healed, your heart has misled you. That's right. Because if you were so busy, if you were so in tune with your heart and so in tune with discernment, you might not have been in prison. Let's admit that there are some things we need to relearn. And that's what I was thinking about, actually, when you said walk counterclockwise, let's walk backwards in life, not to dwell on things, not to beat, uh, beat yourself up, but let's walk backwards and try to figure out where did I go wrong? What did I not stop it? What did I not pause it? What did I? What did I not see around me? And and I'm hoping because I, I love metaphors. So when you gave me that, that's what that's what came to my mind. Because what we know is when you say they're conditioning you to do the same thing over and over. What we also know is that the antisocial, what they say, personality who are more linked, uh, more apt to have criminal activity, also has patterns. That's why they can say a serial killer looks like this. A dope dealer does this. There are patterns that have to be undone to, in order to be able to heal. And I would say from a, you certainly know more than me, this is just from a supporter standpoint, that people in my family, people that I've been with that have done time, they all they know is going against the grain. Yeah. The antisocial personality is really going against the grain. That's That's not what you're saying, but I want to make sure that they hear the difference because the antisocial personality goes against social norms. If they say do this, they do the opposite. If they say do this, do the opposite. So as they're listening, I just want to make sure because I know what you're saying, that you're not saying go against the grain from the previous mentality. You're saying, Instead of being segregated in prison, which prison is the most segregated place in the world where black people only talk to black people, white people only talk to white men, mis- you're saying go against the grain of what you've been taught as a norm, right. which has not benefited you obviously, and look at other ways that you can benefit with other people in your life. With that does that sum that up, yeah, kinda?
2: That, look, that, that sums that up. Um uh, precisely, and and as 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 far as I am in life, um, if I had somebody like you um, that was in my life, that was a that was a believer, a, a conceiver, or an achiever, when I was incarcerated, um, I, I would have been even even much further, uh, uh, m- much sooner. Um, and I I think that you know that's probably a conversation at an, for another time. But I, I think that there's not enough light that's shed on um, people such as yourself. That have to walk through, look, you talked about preparing a book. I know what it's like to be someone like you on the other end, right? Because I had someone like you on the other end that 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 packaged the book, that, you know, got the got the transcript in the mail, uh, retranscribed it on the computer, because we probably did it on the on a typewriter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh that have to get up at five o'clock in the morning to make it to the institution at a certain time, um, to have to be subjected to making sure that your outfit wasn't so-called too tight and all of that other stuff, right? Like it takes a different level of strength, and that's a conversation for another day. Was probably a tweet thread that you and I can go back uh, and forth on. Sorry, guys, who are listening to this, uh, uh, you probably won't be able to see that tweet thread, but we can we can update you. But in any event, yeah. yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about, and I, I think that that's a great summary of what that 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 stream of consciousness is. I want to talk about one of two things very briefly before I get into that that fourth point. When I was incarcerated, yes, there 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 was something that I call my inner diamond that I discovered. I looked at my life introspectively, that means how, what, what what was on the inside of me, the heart stuff, right? What was what was what was dark about me, that I didn't like about myself. I would ask feedback from people that I was incarcerated How am I showing up? What's your experience of me? Not just people that I was incarcerated with. I would even ask officers. I mean because look, I was in an institution for approximately 12 and a half years, right? What 12 years. So you develop relationships with The officers in that institution. And so people I had to report with, I will always ask them occasionally, how am I showing up? How do you see me in a way that I don't necessarily see myself? That's introspective introspection. I would also look at my life retrospectively. I would ask the people on the outside that I had relationships with. What was your experience of me when I was incarcerated, before I got incarcerated? Was I a good friend? One, one person told me in particular, she said, look, let me tell you something, Louis. She said, you are, you have always been a good friend. You were a terrible boyfriend. (laughs) He's like, yo, you were a great friend. You've always been a great friend, right? You were a terrible boyfriend, right? And so that was one of the things that I would ask people about myself. Then I started looking at my life retrospectively. How how did I want to show up? How realistic were my dreams, so on and so forth? And that helped me. Right. And so if you're listening to this and you want a so-called recipe for ultimate success, and I don't mean success as defined by Lewis L. Reed, your success basically might mean going home, getting your CDL and just seeing the world. Your success might be going home and, and and you know, you probably got that brown paper bag under the mattress drug money still sashed away. Right. And so you just want to kind of like take that and and be with your children, whatever you, however it is that you define success, that's not going to put you back in prison. You do that. But the last thing that I want to tell you about, right? I talked to you about achievers, I talked to you about conceivers, I talked to you about believers. The last type of person that you have to have in your life, you need a reliever. Somebody who is going to pull you into their peace before they drag you into their problems. You if you say
1: that again, repeat that, repeat that one more time, Pastor. What's that
2: line right there? <laughs> they they, they got to pull you into their peace before they drag you into their problems, right? Your man's in them that's showing up, that's trying to give you a package, that's trying to put the wood up now in your hand, right? That's, that's talking to you about like the stuff that's happening and so on and so forth around the way. Believe me, they are dragging you into their problems. You want people that's going to pull you into their peace. If somebody is saying, yo, baby, look, come with me to the grocery store. And your man is saying, yo, y- yo, m- m- take this run with me. I'm going to the grocery store. I don't care how long it got to take. I don't care what you know what, what it is that we got to get off the shelf. I'm going to the grocery store. You need people who are going to pull you into their peace before they drag you into their problems. And so when you're looking at a so-called recipe for success, again, when you are released, it has to begin from the inside out. And then once you are out, you got to think about those things that you thought about when you were on the inside. I tell people every single day, no matter what interview that I do, whether I'm on CNN, whether I'm on Black News Network, whether I'm on Christianity Today, it doesn't matter. Let me tell you something. My worst day out in the street is better than my best day when I was inside. My worst day out in the street is better than my best day when I was inside. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. In the event if they call count, <laughs> in the event if your man's in was making noise, if, 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 if there was some doors banging in the background, et cetera. My worst day in the street is better than my best day when I was inside. Best day.
0: You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place, your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque.
3: State Farm Insurance gets it. Representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. State Farm understands and wants to help protect our communities by investing in our future
1: You know, I really love this conversation. This is really worth, I, I'm so excited about this project. I'm loving the change between you and I from a supporter and also from your perspective because the people that I supported has have not, they don't, they don't have your experience in where you are now, your level of healing. So it, you're giving me a lot of insight on what I didn't know and I'm hoping I'm sharing because everybody's experience is different. I'm hoping I'm, I'm sharing insight on what it's like from the supporter perspective. And I always love conversations, you know, two lens conversations because it's not a right or wrong. It just gives people, you know, feedback on their experience. And from the supporter perspective, when you said pull people into your piece instead of your problems, that is so powerful. And as a supporter, I allow his problems to take me from my Mm piece. And so while while you are saying, "Don't let people pull you into your problems," that is accurate, no doubt. But they must also understand that if you're not bringing peace into my life, yeah. when I'm trying to be the peace, say that one more time. And you're bringing your pro- If you are not bringing peace <laughs> in my life I, right now, what I say, if 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 I'm not smiling, I'm not dialing. <laughs> Meaning, I'm not calling you. If I don't smile, if I don't, because what happened? as much loyalty as I have for my loved one, as much as he did, it became I became all those things that you mentioned and it became what we call codependency. It became, let me fix him because I wasn't able to fix my daddy. Let me fix him because for me, it's very easy to do because I'm in the movement. I'm already built to help strangers. Yeah. So of yeah. course, when my people come to me, it's automatic. And so I got caught up and so caught up in that of trying to heal what I could not fix, that it is very important. I think you, your girl said it best. You're a great friend, but not a great boyfriend. And I think as your support systems, as you're developing these support systems, this is just what I would say to them. And somebody says, hey, Lewis, I love you. You can't be my man, but I'll be your friend. Yeah, I'll help you get through, blah, 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 blah. like, accept that. Because you might be bringing problems in her piece. And when she starts, when you bring problems in her piece, then she can't be peace to you or anybody else. And more importantly, to herself. And now it's counterproductive. And then that causes her to have so much pain that she'll never give another opportunity to somebody else that maybe have had some challenges. That's right. And now we're broken and nothing changes. So I would tell brothers and sisters, listen, if people in your life are any of those things and just because you want them to be something else, it may not, it may not be meant for them to be that thing you think they should be. But whatever they're bringing to you that is positive, that you can take, don't take it personal. Don't think, oh, you're abandoning me like everybody else. No, maybe you just a handful right now because you haven't healed and you don't <laughs> know how to talk to me and you deal with aggression. And you know, you got to get that stink off of you. Yeah. You have to wash that off of you. Yeah. And if you have not done the work, because I want to be very clear, you have done the work and we all got work to do, mm-hmm. but you've clearly done the work. A lot of people have not done the work. So as they're listening to this, do the work, understand. If that person said, a uh, auntie, a mother, a dad, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, if they're saying, hey, I can help you in this, but I can't help you in that because you're destroying my people. Don't get mad because you're cutting off your blessing. Mm-hmm. Give to you what I have for you and continue to build on that. Did you, you yeah, had yeah, something yeah. on that?
2: Look, I was, I was going to say something, right? So um, the, the caveat to everything that I just said, and I know that as people were listening, um, it probably tickled your fancy and you, you, you're you running through your, your your directory, right? Like what type of person do I have in my life that fits this, that fits that? The ultimate, the ultimate moment of clarity The ultimate goal for yourself should not be for you to have people that exemplify those characteristics in your life. Ultimately, you should be showing up for someone else, exemplifying all of those characteristics for other people in their lives as well. Again, at the top of my conversation, I talked about this is not about me. This is about we we were able to get that bill across the finish line. And in life, it shouldn't be about you. It should be about the us. It shouldn't be about the me. It should be about the we. And so while you're searching your directory for people who are going to be a believer and achiever, uh, a reliever and a conceiver, right? Somebody in their mind is searching a directory to see how you're showing up for them as well. And so there should be some reciprocity. So everything that you just said, plus, 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 plus.
1: Absolutely. I I love that. We have to reciprocate because if you're not uh, showing up for me in that way and I and and I I, I subscribe to that, it's not about the we, it's about the me, but to the supporter that sometimes becomes where it's all about them and never about me. And I don't have self-care and I don't have mental care and I don't have and then I wake up and I find this is my own personal experience. I find that, wow, I haven't been taking care of myself literally and physically For the last six or seven years, because I've been so attached to making it all about the we, Mm -hmm. And it's very easy for people, like I said, for people like me, because my whole life is centered on the we, not the me. Mm -hmm. So. Reciprocate is the best is exactly it. Expect well, don't expect to get what you give, because to me, nobody can beat my love and I'm always give more than what they give me. But
2: I'm at at the Seriously.
1: Yeah. No, that's real. I I know that if I if I waited on everybody reciprocating what I do at the level that I give you, you literally don't have the capacity to give what I give because I've been called to give what I give. So this is my life every day, 24 seven. I don't I don't have that expectation. I had to learn that people only can give you what they have the capacity to give and what they are capable to give you literally may not be capable of it. It's like telling somebody who's paralyzed to walk. If you can't walk, you just can't walk. Mm -hmm. What I will tell you to do is, can you crawl to me? Can you, if you can't crawl to me, can you encourage me to walk? Can you cheer me on? Can you do, can you give me some water? Can you do something? What can you do? But I don't hold people to the standard that I give, but I do hold you to the standard of what you can do. And that's where there's reciprocation, at least for me in my life, as a supporter of somebody who's been incarcerated. Because if I hold you to that standard, And a lot of women do, speaking to the sisters. He need to be able to pay this. He need to be able to do that. He need to be able to this and that. Not understanding this man just did 15 years. This man just, that's how a lot of people go back into the pen. They come out trying to compete on what other men are doing. or compete on what she's doing. Oh, well, you makes X amount. So I want to, miss a very big issue. That's a whole nother conversation. Stop trying to keep up with what I'm doing. Because while you were locked up, I was building and planting seeds. So allowing your ego to come out and try to be what I am even though you were able to go from prison to Jay-Z in five years, doesn't happen with most people. So I've seen people run relationships off because you're trying to give me what I can give you. And sometimes it doesn't work that way. And the supporter has to understand that more than likely you may have more to give financially, emotionally, spiritually, intellectually. But if I'm giving it to you, you but a damn well appreciated, don't be entitled and give what you can. It may be an encouraging word. It may be a hug. It may be just peace in the house. Can yeah. you just keep peace in the house? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so from a supporter standpoint, I just wanted to chime that in because I, I think these conversations are really helpful, Lewis, and, and seeing from two lens really makes a difference. Well,
2: listen, now I was going to say, I, I know that we probably about time to look for the fellas uh, uh, that are listening to this podcast that's crushing on Teslin uh, and that's trying to find her <laughs> when you get at home. Understand this, If you ain't coming correct, don't come at all. All right. (laughs) That's just real talk.
1: Yeah, and and feel free to post those baby. Oil, what did you say they, they use the baby, oil, b- the, the baby pictures, oil pictures oil in the yard? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm always open to look at those pictures, by the way. Just just in case y'all can send, tell your loved ones, and send me. Hit it in my DM. So let's not minimize those pictures. They serve great purpose. But um, this was wonderful. Did you have any closing thoughts, Lewis? Before we tra- I, this conversation really really can go all day. Before we get out of here, explain what you actually do at Reform. I know you talked about your position, yes. but what do you actually like? What do you actually do and how if they want to help like what you guys do, how can they can they do that? If you can just talk a little bit about where they can get in, where they fit in, what you do would be great.
2: Yeah, real quick. I'll give you the abridged version. Right. So, you know, my department, I'm responsible. I help the people who help the people who need the help people who are coming out of, out of prison who are, you know, pres- Projectedly are going to be on supervision, et cetera. I want to be connected with you. I want to make sure that you get resources. I want to make sure that your community uh, um, support centers get, have resources so that you can be connected with us. And we also transform laws as well. That's a whole, whole nother thing. Um, but if you want to be connected with me, look, you can do one of two things. If you are incarcerated on a federal level, I want you to add me to core links. My email address is Mr. Lewis L Reed at gmail.com. That's Mr. M-R Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, the letter L-R-E-E-D at gmail.com. Mr. Lewis L. Reed at gmail.com. If you want your family to be in contact with me, um, you can have them reach out to me on any social media platform. Let me know. That you heard me on Tesla, well, uh, heard me and Tesla uh, on this podcast, and I'll make sure that I stay connected with them, and they'll be connected with me, and we'll t- um, have a call to action. Look, if you inside and you got a cell phone that you ain't supposed to have, not that we promoting it, but if you got access, right. <laughs> if you got access to <laughs> some external resources, you can simply text the word reform to eight one four one one. Text the word reform to eight one four one one and you'll be connected with us. So you got three ways to connect with me. A, on social media, any social media platforms at Lewis L. Reed. If you are in the federal system, at me to core links at MrLewisLreed at gmail.com and or have you and or your family text the word REFORM to 81411 and I promise you we'll stay connected.
1: Man, this is great, Lewis. I'm so glad you stopped by. I remember when Jay-Z and Meek Mill, they made the announcement of REFORM. But I think people's mind is, oh, celebrities just make announcements and then they go on. They don't realize that there is actually people doing the work every day. I hope you guys do more of that. I would like to see more. You know, I I know you do a lot and you do a lot of speaking and again, but I really would like, you know, I'm on the politics side and I'm always challenging celebrities who get in the game and kind of move on and don't put the resources behind their words. And I hope that reform does even more you know, to, to let people know that you guys are out here. And that was another reason why I wanted people to hear because we hear all the time, oh, what has he done? And what is he, you know, he hasn't done anything. There's a real live organization that's putting in work every single day. And I think that's important. And look, and so
2: so long as I'm here, right, um, we're, we're, we're not just gonna be a real life organization, um, but we're we, we gonna put our money where our mouth is. Um, and we also wanna have the voices of, it, of, of people who are impacted, centered, right in the middle of whatever our issues are. Nothing about us without us. That's not gonna happen on my watch.
1: I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Lewis, for joining me. Mr. Lewis Reed, again, this was brought to you by the George Floyd Foundation, uh, which is committed under social justice and advocacy to make sure that we are not only just speaking out about the importance of police reform, but also the importance of prison reform, the importance of making sure that our laws are in place to not lock lock us up. But if they do lock us up, if we do find ourselves on the other side uh, of the table, we want to make sure that you have the resources to get out and not go back. So we are really trying to have a 360 organization. I am the senior advisor for the George Floyd Foundation, the host of Straight Shot, No Chaser. Thank you so much for listening. Piece. If you like what you heard on Straight Shot No Chaser, please subscribe and drop a five-star review and tell a friend. Straight Shot No Chaser is a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartRadio. I'm Tesla Figueroa, and I'd like to thank our producer, editor, mixer, the one and only Marcy Depina, our mix master, Dwayne Crawford, and our executive producer, Charlemagne Nagat. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.